The Small Town Business Podcast is sponsored by Visit Gippsland, the land of many wonders. Head to visitgippsland.com.au to plan your trip. Whether it's walking and hiking or cycling or driving, camping, fishing, drinking and eating, you'll be exploring some of the most unforgettable destinations around. Head to their website or get inspired by their social media. All the links are in the show notes. And we kind of figured out how to pretend we were bigger than we were at that little stage. We were not letting them know. We were just in our lounge room doing a bit of a side hustle and having a bit of fun and seeing what happened. And we just took risks and chatted and they were said, yeah, let's take you on. Let's sell these. And they went crazy. Confidence. Backing yourself. Sometimes when you're starting out in business, you really do have to fake it till you make it. And I'm not talking about anything dodgy here. I mean, digging deep and faking the confidence that you need to walk into a room, whether that's a real room or a metaphorical room, but to say, hey, I'm here and look at my fantastic products. That's the confidence you need to grow a business like the one we're talking about today, Friendy Audio. From here in my hometown of Warrigal, Victoria, Jane Sahar and her husband, Phil, create high-tech, fashion-forward, sports lux, headphones, audio sunglasses, speakers, watch bands, tech and sports accessories. Beautiful, quality products. I'm wearing a pair of the headphones right now. So my guest today is Jane, and we started the chat by talking about their origin story, the How Friendly Audio Came to Be story, and this is what she said. Okay, well, it's kind of a long story in a way, but I guess it all started with kids where we had two kids, one iPad, and we were going on holidays and we were like, we just need the iPad for a little bit of sanity, a little bit of time. I'm sure many parents can relate with that. And we just needed a splitter so that they could share and they could listen to like the wiggles without bothering us while we're having a conversation. So um, we went out to buy an audio splitter and they were like $15, $20 for these ugly little things. They just weren't very special. And we thought, look, that's fine. We'll pay for it. It's cool. But it just doesn't seem very complicated. It feels like we're paying a lot for something that isn't that special. We looked at each other and said, we could do this better. The short story is we did. We just figured out how to get them made. And well, what kind of colors would be cool for brands? Like, well, let's add personalities to splitters. Let's create like five different ones. Let's do a gold one. And that's going to have like a jazzy kind of a name and a little personality behind it. And we basically started from zero and just found a supplier and communicated with them and changed colors and picked um, designs and worked on like what kind of internals we wanted made. And we got them made and got them branded and got them shipped over and then went, right, let's figure out how to sell them. Such a good story because now, um, you, you know, you've obviously expanded hugely. I guess we started with them and we thought, well, we'll just pop them up on eBay. We know eBay, we shop on there already and we'll figure out how to sell them and brand them and sell them through there. And they started doing really well. So we just thought, well, it would be kind of cool to get them into a store. Like, why not? That'd be fun. And we approached a store, I think hard to find was our possibly our first store and approached them and they said, oh, they could be really good. Like, cause this is back in the day when wired headphones were all the rage and people were loving things like splitters. So we, we connected with them and we kind of figured out how to pretend we were bigger than we were at that 
little stage. We were not letting them know. We were just in our lounge room doing a bit of a side hustle and having a bit of fun and seeing what happened. And we just took risks and chatted and they were said, yeah, let's take you on. Let's sell these. And they went crazy. Yeah. So you just talked about your lounge room. Tell me where you live. So we live in Warragul, which is my hometown. I love it. I was born in Warragul, raised in Warragul, and I actually live now in the same house that I lived in when I was younger. We went, we lived in Warragul, moved to Melbourne to study and live for a while and just felt the pull to come back and came back and bought the house from my mum, which is, yeah, where we live, we where we raise our two kids and our dog and our cat. And yeah, just love it. I love Warragul. Yeah, and um, obviously I, I am in Warrigal too and I, um, I know you and I know your story quite well. Um, and the reason why I, I wanted to start this podcast was because even just in this town, there's so many people in towns nearby who are starting all of these amazing businesses and, and people don't really know where they are and a business like Friendy could be anywhere in the world, um, but you're doing it from, yeah, from a little town in Gippsland, which I just think is amazing. So tell me what came next? How did you go from splitters, these tiny little things, to having such a a huge range of headphones and audio gear and booty bands and all kinds of things? Well, it was actually a very organic kind of a process. It wasn't like we went from zero to 800 overnight. We didn't suddenly launch into this brand new world. The splitters went so well. And then these businesses who we were selling through said to us, these are so good. Like you're making us money. You're you're making money. Everyone's happy. What else do you have? Like, let's sell some more friendy. And we were like, oh yeah. Um, yeah, we've got some more things in the pipeline. They're not quite ready yet, but they're on their way. And that wasn't entirely true because we (laughs) had, we were just doing a side hustle I was bringing up kids. Phil was working like a really high-powered job in Melbourne, really busy. So things were hectic, um, but we we were like, well, yeah, like it makes sense to have more products. They want more products. Let's just do it. And what comes next? What do you put into splitters? You put headphones in. So we literally went through the same channels. I guess we'd learned a lot of lessons about how to design a product through designing the Humble Splitter. And we were able then to channel those same energies into connecting with companies to help create our first set of friendies. So a wired in-ear headphone with a mic. And we trialled lots of different types and to see what we would like and worked on the internals and made adjustments and made changes and helped design with another company and created our headphones and they went really, really well. So Basically, once they sold really well and started to pay for themselves, we knew we had a little extra money to be able to reinvest in the business. And so we added another set of headphones. And then once they went really well and we had that money, like we paid for the product, we paid the product off, we had that extra money there. We thought, well, we could redo our bathroom, but we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) We were stuck with our, you know, 80s style awful bathroom, but we were selling products, which was really cool. And so we added another set of headphones and it just grew from there. We've literally just reinvested in our company the whole time. So we don't have any investors, it's just us, but we have just put back in 
what we have and then kept buying. I love that approach and I love that you just, you did it in a way that was sustainable and you didn't go crazy and you didn't, you know, promise people the world and and end up with a product that you weren't happy with. Now we've got one set of headphones and we've got the over ears and then you had the ones which you, you're wearing now, which no one will obviously be able to see. <laughs> yes. I know that at that time, I think that was probably around about the time that I met you and you were really starting to take off and you'd started working with um, with influencers. Yes. And this was quite a few years ago now. So things were a little bit different then. So what was your experience there and, and what made you decide to do what you did? I know um, Melbourne Fashion Week was one of the things that probably really uh, kick-started the business. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, that was a really pivotal moment, like an incredible moment where we connected with a brand called Love, uh, who are making beautiful fashion sports luxe clothing. Our headphones were uh, beautiful gold and white headphones that look amazing with any clothing, and yet they asked us, would that be okay if we, you know, pop them in our show? And I said, Oh yeah, yeah, that could be that could be pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah, that was an incredible experience in Melbourne. And I took you along actually as my date. Caught the big train, you know, down from the country to the city, which was great fun. And it was such an amazing experience just to see how big and how far you've managed to take Friendy just from those early days. Is there some learning that you've gotten from the experience that that you would pass on to people who are thinking about creating a technology brand or a fashion brand or or anything like this from a regional area? I think that the biggest thing that I've learned is to back myself and I've always had the confidence to try and to try new things and you know what, if it doesn't work, it's okay because you could just try something else. So I want to go back to when you started approaching your big online retailers, because that's where I always see Friendy advertise. That's where I always see the the products. We're with Maya. We're listed with Harvey Norman now, but not all of our products yet. We're working on that, but our, our newest products are on there. Uh, we have, we're with Amazon, we're with Kogan, lots of businesses, but businesses like the Iconic and Maya, that was super pivotal for me and just really, really exciting because we have come from, you know, humble beginnings in a way. And we've started just myself and my business partner, which is my husband. And we've just really set out to create a company that is honest and truthful and friendly and happy and healthy. And all of these things, which were the cornerstone of our original design have really propelled us to where we are now. So to be able to work with these brands and still maintain that same kind of composure of happiness and friendly and approachable and making those connections, that's what there's faces behind those big brands as well. And working with those individuals within those teams means that we can all achieve the best outcomes. You said before that you're working around your kids who are gorgeous little units. Yes, (laughs) 11 and 9. So they are growing. And I guess things will get easier as, as they get bigger and bigger. This family approach, the, the living in a regional area is being so distanced from the, from Melbourne or from any capital cities. How did you set about approaching these retailers? Like how did you connect with them? Was it just tenacity? Was it personality? Was it, you know, how did you get in there? Tenacity is definitely a word for it. And uh, my husband is really 
my business partner, the one who has really driven connecting with these stores and finding ways in. He has a, a great background working in, well, he's an analyst and accountant, but he worked with really, really big companies in Melbourne. And so he has a lot of interest in marketing and a lot of connections there. So he kind of understood how it works in the back end and was able to hunt down email addresses and hunt down the right people to chat to and to connect to, to be able to build a relationship and work with these stores and with these brands. And it's honestly really difficult at the beginning. It was not easy to get on the Iconic, which was our first major signing. But once you get there and once you get your first one and you understand how that system works, you have more confidence, I think, to be able to go out and find more, but also you have people come and start to approach you as well. So it is really, really important to get your first signing, I think, on the board and and then just keep trying from there and know that you put the hard work in, they'll also come to you. A lot of people that I speak to don't have that business mindset. They don't think about their products from the retailer's point of view, for example. They're thinking about it from the customer's point of view. And sometimes that's the wrong place to start when you're expecting or asking someone to sell your products for you, you need to understand what their motivation is. Do you have a product that's going to sell enough for them to make money for them to then invest in you? Would that be fair to say is is an important part of the puzzle? That is so important. And that is not my background. You know, my, my strength is in communication and um, more creative, the creative side of things. But I've learned a lot more about the money side of things now because it's so important to make sure that your margins are solid and that your, you know, your store is going to make the right margins. And there's a lot of intricacies behind it. And again, I'm very, very lucky that my husband has that background in accounting, in accounting and finance, and is able to really understand how brands work and, you know, even the jargon behind it. So I think that for people who are looking to go into, to connect with these sort of stores, I think it would be really useful to have obviously like a business kind of a knowledge, but if you don't have a degree in it, which I certainly don't, just researching and making sure you understand the jargon and what brands and stores are looking for and what KPIs mean, you know, all the, all the bits and pieces so that you are able to present yourself in the best possible light and be super, super prepared for those meetings and yeah, understand what there is to gain and lose for both of you, I guess. Who's responsible in your business? Who's responsible for sort of creating that brand and, and creating the content and, you know, all of your marketing and your social media? Is that something that, that Phil's working on or is that very much your domain? We're both, you know, co-founders, co-directors we are very much across all parts of it. So we discuss everything, but the nitty gritty of it is all the finance and the money and the, I guess, connections with um, factories overseas, that kind of thing. That's all Phil. And that's his domain. We had to make a decision really for our relationship <laughs> and <laughs> for our business relationship and our marriage also to to make sure that we did have some divisions in place because for a while there we were stepping on each other's toes a little bit because we were both wanting to be across everything. So we just make sure that we do discuss things together and uh, we're sounding boards for each other, but his domain is 
set in that finance kind of business world and mine is in the marketing sphere. Yes, I have the you know, the power of the oversee of all of the creation of the social media or connecting with influencers, the marketing um, and what it's all going to look like. And so a lot of that is created by myself, but also I outsource things as well. So I'm able to connect with, say, we wanted to upgrade our some of our graphic design work. So we connected with a local company and got them to help us out on a photo shoot that we did in Sydney two years ago, three years ago, actually before the pandemic, I just felt like I needed a little bit of extra assistance to make it really sing. And so I engaged like a local marketing agency as well to help me create like the PR behind that. So we outsource as needed, but I steer the ship in the marketing. I feel like the the Miss Universe had had you all over it. Mm. So tell me how that came about. So Miss Universe, they approached us. It's so lovely when you get these emails and you think, hold on a minute, what is that? And yeah, lovely person, Sasha, um, behind the brand, she connected and asked us if we would like to come on board as the audio tech sponsor. I did really want to know about what really Miss Universe was. I didn't want it to be a pageant, like, which is dramatized in America. I didn't want that kind of idea. But when I learned a lot about the Miss Universe pageant and the fact that it's really about empowering women and it's about a whole lot more than just a, a beauty contest. And I love that. I love a lot of the training they do and a lot of the, the world that's open up to them. It was pretty cool. Got to kind of interact and meet with a lot of online, a lot of amazing young women doing really cool things. You know, they have psychology degrees and they work in with charities and really incredible fields. And so mate, met some amazing women. I say met online because the pandemic also happened in that time and we were unable to actually go ahead with the official huge events in Melbourne that were glitzy and that we're going to see the girls on stage wearing our headphones. But yeah, that didn't all kind of go to plan, but got to connect with like, there's an amazing um, woman called Maria Tatil, who I think basically Australian knows about now. She was on I'm a Celebrity. She's on Channel 9 a lot. She's just built this incredible career and I think Miss Universe was a bit of a springboard for that and she's an amazing kind of role model. So it's been pretty cool to see some of these women just create incredible worlds for themselves. So we're not actually on board as the tech sponsor this year but the actual event is happening in a few days actually on and um, they will be wearing our headphones still in this event. So, yeah, it's, so it's really lovely. We're still connected with the with the competition. What I really love is I think for myself, I love connecting with other businesses and connecting with individuals and connecting with influencers and building social connections. So just because I'm an online business and I'm in my small town, like you can reach out and connect with anybody these days, which is really, really really cool. Yeah, it is. And that's what I love so much about the friendy story is that you are in Warrigal and it is a small town and, but you've, you've managed to kind of have this national and, and and possibly even global in in some respects. Oh, we're working on that. Yes. I'm sure you are. (laughs) So let's, let's talk about being in a small town. Do you think that there have been um, things that have hindered you? Like if you found you know, have you had issues like uh, extra shipping costs or poor connection or has there been anything about being in Warrigal that has 
that has had a, a negative impact on your business, do you think? I think that absolutely shipping costs are more expensive in a small town or in Warrigal. It's an extra dollar or two on every parcel. And that adds up when you uh, you need to make a margin. So that's difficult. And if we moved our business to Garfield, you know, where it's just within the Melbourne border, we would be able to save so much money. So if we if we set up a warehouse in Pakenham, we would be able to save so much money. But we choose to be here because this is where we are happy and this is where we love to be and where we also want to support, I guess, our town and our region and represent Gippsland. And so we've made very, very conscious decisions to buy a warehouse in our town and to exist where we are. I guess even the fact that, so yes, parcels cost more and yes, they don't come and pick up our parcels. If we were in Melbourne, they would come and pick them up from our door and take them to the post office. But we are essentially paying for those services that we can't actually access. We, every day, myself or Phil or whoever's in the office goes down and takes parcels to the post office ourselves. We drop them off. But on the flip side, we know all the ladies in the post office. Yeah. And we can, we can say, how's your day? Or how'd you, how'd your weekend go? And we have connections with people and we know that our parcels are being dropped off exactly where we leave them as well. And we know that they'll be looked after and safely checked in because they, they look after us there. And you don't have to travel as well. Like for anyone listening, Pakenham that Jane mentioned earlier is about from here, 30 minutes. Yeah. And not having to drive into work every day means that you, you get that time back. And I think that that's one of the things that I've learned from running a business in a regional area is I, I spend no time traveling, you know, to and from daily stuff. Obviously I do travel for work a little bit, but just not having that time in the car means that you get to hang out with the kids at the start of the day or at the end of the day. And, and yeah, you can, you can support local, you can be here. And when you go and buy your coffee, you're buying it from someone in your town, or if you get lunch or if you go to the post office, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice thing. There's some misconceptions that, and look, there would be regional areas that have way worse postal experiences than us. Let's, let's be honest. (laughs) But, you know, I think there's a bit of a misconception out there that being in a small town sort of shackles you in some way or holds you back from, from doing what you, you could do. And I don't know, I don't know if that's true anymore. I look at a business like yours and I think, well, if you can do that from here, then anybody could do anything from anywhere, right? But that's exactly it. Absolutely. You can do anything from anywhere. We are we are an online world and that's the positive that's come out of COVID is that I think that's been amplified, the fact that we can be so connected online and you can you can run a business from your home. You can run a business from your small town. You do not need to be in a big city. And if this Warrigal or a small town is what makes me happy, I'm going to be a better businesswoman. I'm going to be a better mother. I'm going to be a better human being because I'm happy. So those things are really important too. And I know you mentioned that, yeah, you're, you're a few minutes from everywhere. Well, that's absolutely what we love because I get to drop off my kids every day. I get to pick them up every day. And that might mean that I have to make up my hours later on, but I get to be there at pick up and see them. And it's so, so important. And I know not everyone gets to do that, but that's something that we've prioritized and we love. And I think too that, um, I, I don't, 
use this word. I don't really like the word hustle, but you do, you hustle a lot less. And I think that that makes you a bit more genuine, a bit more in the moment and able to make those, those connections that you talked about earlier, because you're not trying to go, 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 go to get everything done and to race from here to there and to be big, to be more, to do all of these things. You do have the ability to prioritize family and and lifestyle. And that is so true because when you're in a frenzy, you can't, you also can't think straight and you can't make solid business decisions and life decisions. And things are a little bit calmer, you're more content, then I think you can look at the bigger picture and really see what's ahead and, you know, listen and learn and see what the universe has in store. I think it's pretty cool. So tell me the best thing about working and living in a small town. If you had to pick one thing, what do you think is the best thing about being here and running this business? Uh, Oh, it's hard to pick one. I think just feeling connected and secure in a community and being able to give back to that community, it feels really validating and valuable and positive. Yeah, I think that's the main thing I would say. And you've got some new stuff coming up. Is there anything like what's your what's your favorite Friendy product? What's what's happening? What's new? Tell us a little bit about Friendy. Sure. Well, I guess we're always planning our next products and we're always uh, checking the market and seeing what's fashionable and what's coming up, what colors are kind of rating or what's really working and we always have new things in the pipeline, but I, and so I always get so excited when a truck comes down the the lane and drops off our next lot of products, and we open up the boxes. There's you know some big wow, exciting moments there. Our newest lines are we've created some Apple Watch bands. So we were for years trying to create a really amazing watch, like a a technology watch and um we smart watch smart watch that's the word I was looking for yeah <laughs> that's it thank you uh and we just we just didn't we just couldn't make the you know one that we loved and I've been wearing an Apple watch for years and I love it and we just thought well hey let's let's make some cool bands that go with it that are amazing for sport and that have that luxe friendly feel and look and let's start with that and start with some accessories and see what happens so we've only actually brought our watch bands out in the last week they launched and arrived a little bit early so I'm a little behind with the marketing for that but we've you know we got them so we popped them up for sale straight away and yeah we've got lots of different colors and styles and types and we have more kind of coming and we're just kind of testing the waters and seeing what works and what doesn't and what sells and what we love but I am loving all the choice Phil's told me to stop going to the boxes and grabbing a new color every <laughs> second day he said hey we were trying to it's, sell those it's okay. for marketing it's you need to yes you need to Make some reels or something. I am and going to make some cool reels with with the watch bands for sure. Like that's definitely and th- and then I will need one of every type. You're right. That would be. Amazing. I can imagine. Um, like actually creating a watch would be incredibly hard. One of the coolest products that you brought out that I still don't understand how it works, but that's just me. Is the sunglasses, the audio sunglasses? They're crazy. Tell me how they work. So they are bone conducting sunglasses which is yeah it's a, it is pretty cool technology so they you can wear these sunglasses and basically uh, they'll connect to the side of your head to a bone in the side of your head and the music 
kind of vibrates through that bone through to your inner ear. And so you can hear music through that connection, through that connection with the sunglasses outside touching your bone going yeah inside to your ear you can hear music they also have a little speaker on them as well so that you can hear music if the if it isn't in the perfect spot and or say your kids are wearing them and the bone doesn't touch perfectly you can also hear them in that way as well so you basically have a surround sound kind of experience but they're directed at your ears so the whole world isn't hearing what you're hearing unless unless the sound is up really, really, really high, which I also don't recommend because that's not good for your ears. Well, that would be really embarrassing too if you were listening to something um, really lame. But, yeah. yeah. It's crazy that you have this this huge business that you're you're creating so many innovative products and and still able to have a, like a, a chilled family life still able to go to the gym, which, you know, conveniently is next door to your warehouse. I know. That was still- <laughs> kind of planned. How good is that? I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah. But I love that. And and when I say crazy, I mean it's crazy good. It's crazy good because it's lovely for me to hear that you can do anything. You can do anything from a small town. You can. And also on that I would say that I'm not always chilled completely, you know, because, no. because business is tricky. Business is ups and ups, has so many ups and downs and everybody would feel, I'm sure, the same. Most people about the pandemic um, really shook our businesses and that was hugely challenging whether we could sustain the ups and downs in sales and the unpredictable patterns. So that was really, really tricky and definitely impacted on our mental health and our business as well but they're just challenges and you just got to keep going and keep working through it and and yeah things are okay and I think things like the gym and that's just a super amazing balance for me to have that outlet and have that time and I think that everybody who has a business or actually everyone in life should really seek out those kind of outlets because if you don't have a solid outlet, like a time for yourself, then you, it's very hard to be your best self. Yeah. Look, I would say one of the things in, in my business is a lack of time to do things. I would probably say another thing that I find difficult. I mean, obviously I'm in a completely different business to you is networking, is being able to get in a room with a bunch of people or to to talk about business with people because if you don't have a, a really good, a, a big sort of networked business community of people who are doing what you do or suffering through the pandemic in the same way that you're, that you're suffering through it, it, it can be a little bit lonely and a little bit difficult. I get joy or I get that sort of experience that you get from the gym from being with people. <laughs> Like rather than being alone, I spend a lot of time alone. So I like to go and have dinner with people or catch up with all of our kids and have a lot of noise around and just, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think when you're a, a I guess you're not really a, a solo business so much anymore, but when you are in a small business, it's finding those things away from the business that, that bring you a bit of joy, huh? Absolutely. And what you said makes sense. You know, you're on your own a lot of the time. So it makes sense that you would seek out that social company when you're 
when you're not working. But the, I think the thing with a small business is absolutely juggling that time and allocating time to yourself where you say, hey, I deserve to have a coffee that isn't about work and just chat with a friend. Or I deserve to go to the gym. Or I deserve to go for a walk. I deserve to go for a hike. I deserve to lay on the couch and watch Netflix. You have to do that for yourself and put it into your schedule because you burn out otherwise. It doesn't, I don't think it matters what it is, but you need to find your outside purpose outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't just be always in the business. It's, it's not sustainable. It's not, you become a better person and a better, yeah, a better business owner. Yeah. Probably more creative too. Mm -hmm. It, It feels to me like you and Phil have got this really great ability to, to look at what's coming up, to look at how people are using technology or, or what's coming up in that, in that audio space and then say, how can you apply this to Friendy? How can Friendy bring something out that, that fits with this? Like the, the watch bands. It's a, it's a great compromise for now. If you, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, that is, it's true. And I guess everything that we do, we do have a kind of a passion for and an interest for. So I know our story kind of started and we started with splitters, which we didn't have a passion for, but we do have a passion for music. We do have a passion for creativity. We do have a passion for business. Um, All of these things have evolved within our business and helped to shape who we are. We are sporty, we're happy, we're healthy. All of these things are what makes friendy. Yeah, and it's your brand, but you also live, you know. We live it. It's our personalities as well. Yeah. 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 So it's it's honest and authentic and truthful also. Yeah. And that is what I love to hear, as you know. Thank you for talking to me today, Jane. I massively appreciate it. It's been really good catching up, even though we're catching up oddly on a screen instead of uh, together over a coffee, which we need to do. (laughs) We should, yes. Before I say goodbye, can you please tell everyone where they can find you and find your awesome products? Yeah, sure. So you can find us via our website. So we're www.friendy.com.au and you can find us on Instagram. You can find all our links on our website, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me on if you want to reach out and have a chat about business. I love connecting with people too. Um, my Instagram is Jane underscore Sahar. And yeah, Friendy Audio is at Friendy underscore Audio. Small Town Business was recorded on the lands of the Gunai Kurnai, and I would like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Big thanks to Chris at Jetstreamer for production and editing support. I'd be talking into a tin can without you. Don't forget to subscribe or follow. And if you like what you hear, please write a review to help me reach more people. Thanks for listening. 